This podcast may contain explicit language and themes, so listener discretion is advised. Ill-advised, misinformed, our half-baked opinions will be performed. Are you ready? Is the mic on? Welcome to the Hill to Die On. You're listening to A Hill to Die On, a podcast hosted by two stubborn as shit Aussies who give hot takes on a different topic every week, go away to dig deeper, and then reconvene to share whether or not their hot take hill was worth dying on. We're your hosts, once gifted children, Josie Spicer and Kara Brooks. This week we're asking, has anyone ever been abducted by aliens? So Kara, I really want to ask you first what your, um, what your hill is, because I been speculating and I couldn't actually get a read on you oh okay my read is no um I believe in aliens um I don't think they've come necessarily come to earth I definitely don't think they've abducted people so no (laughs) what is uh your hill I've been, I'm I'm thinking you're the same, but I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I just feel like I've maybe like done you a disservice for like <laughs> thinking that you were maybe. I, guess. I mean, to be fair, I fucking love X Files, so I could see why. And like, um, I know you're like curious about like Hitler conspiracies and stuff like that, and so I just like I don't know. Yeah. No, and you, I, you celebrate Spacemas. Is that like a little yeah. like, offering you give to um, aliens? Like, I don't know. I mean, I am all about Carl Sagan, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I even don't know where I stand on Roswell. I'm like, to me, they're. Qu- I was talking to Hugh about it earlier, actually, and I'm like, they're quite possibly could be a crashed alien ship, but I don't think there's aliens going around abducting people, giving anal probes. Like, it just sounds like a bunch of horny fucking hillbillies to me. TLDR, no one's been abducted. Everyone's just engaging in anal sex and they don't want to admit to it. Is that yes. Is that your hill? Have I got a good read? <laughs> Latent late homosexuality masked by alien abductions. Like. Don't even talk to me about late homosexuality. <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay. So I personally think that, like, I do believe in aliens. I believe that there's statistically there has to be life elsewhere in the universe. I don't think they're necessarily intelligent life forms the way that we would conceive of that. And I don't think they've been to Earth. And I, again, I certainly don't believe that they've abducted people I am open to the idea that there have been oh my god I'm getting to like Infowars territory already like I'm I'm open to the idea that there have been like military or like you know like government adjacent operations that have occurred and people have been through some really weird things or have seen some really weird things and I also um I also know from experience that going through a a traumatic event your brain can make you believe some really whack shit like your brain can convince you of um of 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 a reality that actually wasn't a reality so yeah I guess my position before I do any sort of reading I think my position going into this either people are high people have some sort of like psychological thing going on and like their brains are either masking something or they're just interpreting something I don't know going through some sort of psychosis Mm -hmm. or third is that you know maybe at least in the case of UFO sightings um so not necessarily abduction it's just been some sort of like experimental craft um do you have any sort of like 
theories like for why people report abductions uh attention money and attention i think a lot of the time uh there's even the ones that seem the most convincing are like the ones where they say you know we we had we're out on like camping and we had like five of us and i know there's this one story i think it was on an unsolved mysteries um and basically like a group of guys was out camping they all claim that they were abducted but weren't communicating during the abduction but afterwards started having like weird dreams and like repressed memory sort of stuff Mm. they sent them to a psychologist who put them under hypnosis um to retrieve the information and they all were able to describe the things exactly as they were and like draw pictures like separate to each other like drawing identical pictures of things that look the same my theory on situations like that is they probably fucking went and went camping and just did a bunch of fucking drugs yes and then spent the whole time talking about what was going on and so they're imagining all this shit you know and so they have this sort of shared hallucination basically and then it feels very real but they're so fucking high they forgot it go home wake up oh that was a weird dream like they're having weird flashbacks of when they were fucking high do you Sorry. have you ever seen a UFO, Cara? Okay, well, I because I've been thinking about this all day. As soon as we were like, "Hey, maybe we should talk about UFOs next week," and I remember the first time I ever got high, and this was on weed, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> so I should absolutely not be hallucinating. But I was with another friend, and it was her first time on weed, and we were laying in my backyard, and this we were teenagers, and. We were looking up at the sky. I thought I saw some lights that, like some stars that looked different than the others. And then I thought I could see that the blackness between those stars looked closer than the rest of the blackness. And then once I explained that to my friend, she reckoned she could see it too. And then we both like freaked out and was so convinced at that time that we saw a UFO. And I look back on it, I'm like, no, we had like this sort of shared, like we were egging each other on and Mm. we were high and we'd never. If someone's describing it, you start to see it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, you know, when you see like Jesus in the toast kind of thing. It's like, yeah, I can see Jesus in the toast. You know, I feel like there are so many other explanations. So in Australia, you are allowed to be detained by ASIO if you're a, suspected terrorist and terrorist doesn't have a proper definition without a lawyer or anyone else knowing that you've been detained so um i mean this is just like a recent thing and very specific but i mean if now there are state powers that can allow people to be detained then i don't doubt that at least like you know maybe like the abduction stories of like the 70s like pretty sure the cia and shit were up to some pretty cooked stuff even i mean if the question was has anyone ever been abducted as an alien like yeah all as of them. A, what do you mean as a, oh shit oh. Uh, yeah Ooh. um yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah uh by aliens uh no, no. and because it just it, there's a lot of things that would have to fall into place for that so it's like it's not only suggesting that intelligent life would exist it would be in it a far advanced intelligence that would be able to reach our galaxy um, or at least our solar system because we know as as far as we can tell there's no intelligent life within our solar system probably not even on earth (laughs) so it would be a more advanced uh, civilization that would be able to reach us from wherever they are that's already a huge like a small statistic right Mm -hmm. so on top of that uh, they would have to have an interest enough in us to observe us without making contact with any sort of significant 
body, not be able to be seen by any uh, surveillance, and then abduct people camping. You know what I mean? Like there's just a lot of questions that it's like, why? And the fact that none of it makes sense tends to make me doubt the validity of the claims. I guess when you bring that up, it's like, well, why aren't you contacting heads of state if you're so fucking yeah. smart? Like, why aren't like, you like ringing up Prince Philip? He's one of you. I, I'm so glad that we can bring pr- Prince Philip into every fucking I episode. Fucking, like necromancer and daddy. Like, oh. there is a part of me that like hopes that there's just some like there's some really smart aliens that are just watching us like we're a really awful episode of like Passions or Bold and the Beautiful. Oh, and yeah. they're just like, what the fuck are these idiots? doing and they're like they abduct some people that you're like not likely to believe just to like fuck with people even more like (laughs) it's just like that fucking simpsons episode where they're like what are you spraying me with rum so no one will believe your story (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly that how about if we both go away we'll watch different bullshit alien shows we'll discuss them as in ones that talk about true stories like true accounts yeah yeah true accounts you know, I mean, we can easily speculate within ourselves, like watch even like with that one I was saying about camping, which I'm pretty sure will be in this Unsolved Mysteries selection, but where it's like clearly bullshit, most of them you can easily pick apart what, what was going on. I think documentaries should probably be used pretty loosely in this sense as well. I mean, supposedly true accounts. like Creative works. Just as a side note, I'm like cruising through Netflix on my phone just to see like what was available. And I, because I was looking at documentaries, this other one was there called Alien Xmas. And I was like, oh, fuck, thinking it was a documentary. And I clicked on it. And then I'm like reading it as if it were true, like as if it were a documentary. And the the fucking synopsis is like, when extraterrestrials attempt to steal Earth's gravity, only the gift-giving spirit of Christmas and a small alien named X can save the world. That sounds wild. I love it. (laughs) I got to like the spirit of Christmas and was like, wait, this isn't a documentary. (laughs) I can't wait to spend all of my free time watching these documentaries no i really can't wait this is just an excuse to me to do what i always do so i'll speak to you next week cool cool bye bye cara it's been a week since we went away to uh do some research as if we are looking for evidence of alien abductions yeah and and trying to like figure out what alien abductees what they claim happened and and sort of explore that because we we felt like it was kind of really easy to shut down everything i still think it's really easy to shut down everything (laughs) um i won't lie i think there's something really fun about watching these documentaries Um, agreed (laughs) like it's just really funny and just even putting yourself in the headspace of like what you have to believe or like you have to just like, oh, I won't, I won't think too much into that. Yeah. I watched two different documentaries on the one night. Uh, first off, I watched White Mountain Abduction, which was uh, made in 2005. Uh, that covered the first ever like widely reported alien abduction. And it was in New Hampshire in the United States. And I knew a little bit about this, but not too much. I felt like parts of this documentary were kind of interesting, but maybe not for the reasons that they intended. So basically in 1961, Barney and Betty Hill of New Hampshire 
were driving and they realized that they got home later than they expected to. Both of their watches stopped working and it stopped at the same time. Barney's shoes were scuffed and Betty's dress was torn from the waist down. Then a few nights later, Betty started to have these recurring nightmares of just like some men kind of approaching them. And anyway, basically Barney took up alcoholism and Betty kept speaking with Barney about like trying to figure out what happened. And Betty was already sort of into reading about ufology and and aliens and stuff like that. And it seems like that's kind of, they kind of fed off each other and almost created this narrative that was then sort of brought out during a hypnosis session. But, you know, it being 1961, hypnosis and the methods used, I I don't think they would fly today. But you can find the audio recordings online of these like hypnotic regression sessions and they're genuinely upsetting. Like these people believe that this abduction happened. You know, in a way it doesn't matter if it happened or not, these people were fucking terrified and damaged for the rest of their lives because of this. Um, And another thing that I think is fascinating, and and I guess I have my own theory, Barney is a man of colour and Betty is white and it's 1961 and Mm. I just can't help but think that they were targeted by some people, maybe were attacked from the description of Betty's dress, obviously, like my thoughts go to rape. And I know from experience that when you go through something really, really traumatic like that, your brain can kind of try and fill in the gaps or, or recreate, like kind of change the narrative of what happened. To completely. Make it, or just yeah. like completely erase, like you have missing time. And yeah. It's just, you can't remember it. So. Absolutely. But what I did find interesting was that, like, the where they said that they were abducted from, you know, apparently they saw men in black and stuff like that. And I looked at the map because I was like, I bet you there's a fucking naval, like, like an air base or something like that. Like, mm. there's going to be some sort of army base. And sure enough, Peace Air Force Base is nearby. Going back to what I said last week, which is, has someone been abducted? Yes, probably and probably by, like, military or CIA or something like that, then, you know, the fact that they're near an Air Force base, you, you could kind of yeah. make a, a jump there, I think. Enjoy the dots, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, and then it sort of went on about, like, how they lived the rest of their lives. Like, they initially didn't want to tell people, but it kind of came out, uh, especially, you know, Barney being a part of, like, the civil rights movement and stuff like that and Betty didn't want to lose her job. But then a violation of confidentiality of like their hypnotic session and stuff like that meant that it was reported on. Mm. And they kind of then try to reclaim that narrative by telling it themselves from then on. But then Betty claimed to have encounters later on. And, you know, I feel like multiple encounters is is too far-fetched for me to believe. So that was the first one. And then the second one was called Beyond the Spectrum and it was made in 2019 and it, it was fucking awful. Like <laughs> I couldn't even, I couldn't even like. Where did you watch them? Like what streaming service did you use? Amazon, yeah, Amazon Video or Prime or whatever it is, the okay. Amazon yeah. one. But yeah, it, <laughs> uh, I was watching with Robert and my friend Nikki and the nuclear physicist or whatever 
Stan Friedman. He was in this first one we watched in 2005, but then he was also in the 2019 one. Oh, my God, it's always the same people. It's always the same people. <laughs> and we just, like, were like, oh, it's our boy. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he, he went to, like, college with Carl Sagan. <laughs> and I don't think he liked Carl Sagan very much. Oh, no. I think anyone that's, funnily enough, like, into aliens and stuff isn't a huge Sagan fan, which is crazy because he's, like, so into the cosmos. He wants there to be aliens. And he wants there to be, but he also debunked it. Or like yes. tried to attempt it to debunk it. So it's sort of, yeah, I can see why there would be a level of sort of animosity or something there. But fuck them. I love Carl Sagan. And like he tries to approach things with a scientific and critical yeah, you mind. know, rationality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we did notice. So um, Betty Hill's niece, she continues to sort of spread their legacy and story. She was in, in both documentaries as well. And we noticed... Yeah. Uh, in 2005, she didn't mention like anything in particular about her own experiences. But mm. then by 2019, she's like, yes, I've been abducted too. Like, oh, God. And I'm like, okay, like you obviously sent some sort of like irrelevancy or something and just like tweaked it a bit or I don't know. I'm, I'm just speculating here. But I was just like, that's interesting that in that time, <laughs> right. like you've kind of had your own. I guess one of the other things I want to mention in terms of evidence for alien abduction, thing that sort of supposedly gave Betty Hill a bit of credibility was that uh, one of the aliens supposedly showed her a star map. Then she drew it and then apparently some scientists looked at it and like, yeah, this is actually like a constellation or something like that. I tried in very good faith to get into this mindset but I'm just like so mad <laughs> I'm just like yeah no I mean I also feel like almost anything could be a constellation like I could probably fall asleep watching that documentary with my notes in front of me and like trace my drool and be like oh yeah constellation you know what I mean like there's just so many that yes if you're looking for it you're gonna see it like I'm excited to hear what you found because I know that this is absolutely your jam yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take it in a couple different directions. I figure I'd start off with just going over a few supposed abductions that happened. I watched, um, firstly, Unsolved Mysteries. Um, so the 90s Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries. Um, there's a whole box set of uh, UFO files, basically, where they just like grouped all of the um, alien UFO sort ah. of stories together. It starts off with Roswell, which I didn't actually even write notes down about because, you know, I can just tell you about it. <laughs> you, you're over Roswell. You know exactly what it's yeah. about. So July 2nd, 1947, um, it was in New Mexico, and basically um, they found remnants of a craft. So there was a farmer. I believe he was a farmer or a rancher. Uh, his name was Mac Brazel, and basically um, he saw a light and there was like a really loud storm uh, the night before next morning gets up and there's precipitation all over the field and so he takes a horse out to try and figure out where he should be bringing his livestock and he finds debris so it's like all over his field it was three quarters of a mile long and 200 to 300 feet in width what was there the weird thing about it is that it looked like metal but there were pieces that were like three or four feet long and they were as light as a feather and as thin as newsprint. 
and this is in 1947 so everyone mm. who's talking about it is like plastic wasn't a thing like this it had to be metal because it looked like metal and yet it was not heavy like metal so he ended up going to a neighbor and saying you need to come see and they were like nah <laughs> so like, no nah, no nah, never mind um but he had brought a piece over to show them and they were really confused and they tried to set it on fire and do all sorts of things with it and it wouldn't burn even mm. though it looked like wood um so there were like, other pieces that looked like wood anyway um so roswell in general that whole thing stinks of a cover-up just because Basically, they took Mac into custody and they didn't release him until they'd released their official report on what That's had happened. Fucked. Yeah, and they waited until the newspapers had disseminated it enough that people had accepted it. And their official explanation was that it was a downed weather balloon. And yet everyone who saw what was there was like, that ain't no weather balloon. On the Unsolved Mysteries episode, there was the son of a guy who was uh, one of the sort of head people in the Air Force at the time. Um, and he had brought a bunch of it home and he'd spread it out on the kitchen table and was showing it to his family. And the son, like he was, you know, a teenager or something when this happened. But he was like, yeah, I remember picking it up. And there was like a really long beam that looked like it was metal, but it was super light. And it had uh, embossed purple hieroglyphs sort of shapes on it, but they the were fuck? geometric. Yeah, like crazy shit. And he said that, you know, years later, his family would still talk about it where they were all like, yeah, that ha- it had to have been an alien craft like there's no other explanation because there's nothing like that that exists that we know of here you know because my my immediate thing was like oh they were trying out new materials and stuff like that um yeah but if they're maintaining that even though they've encountered newer materials that's interesting so i think the the thing was they're thinking that the government sort of like swallowed it and utilized the materials from it and that's why we have the things that we have today (laughs) you know what I mean like that was the yeah there were other things about it where it was like the uh, rancher who found it in his field Brazel he was saying that like there were pieces where it looked like metal and you could like scrunch it up and then it would go back to its original shape so like yeah so like things that don't happen you know like there's not even now you'd be struggling to, to explain it Roswell I actually wouldn't doubt that Roswell happened of all the sort of alien shit i'm like you know what there's so many documents and so many things backing it up incredible fucking people it's not a huge as big of a stretch as some of these other ones some of the other ones 2 a.m december 26 so boxing day of 1980 in rendlesham forest slash there was a u.s army base so it's in southeast england that wasn't a huge like not a lot to report really it was basically like it wasn't an abduction but it was like a bunch of lights and stuff the u.s uh military went out to investigate it because it was in the forest which was outside of their jurisdiction so like they couldn't take their weapons or anything which is probably for the best and basically they just saw like moving lights but the lights were like in front of them and then floated up um and the official explanation for that was it was a meteor shower (laughs) and they were like um meteors come down like they don't come down to earth and then raise back up so um and obviously not an abduction but just you know laying groundwork of different alien accounts yeah in 2016 like the u.s released a bunch of documents about their like ufo tracking yeah sort of program and there were there are still some where they're just yeah, like completely oh, and like that's is. the whole thing with the ufo like it doesn't necessarily mean it's of alien origin it just means it's unidentified and it's flying 
So yeah, it's just, just confusing. Like, I don't yeah. know what the fuck that is. The one that I was talking about last week, like the camping dudes camping, and I couldn't remember the details. It was definitely in that unsolved mysteries, and it was it's known. Yeah, it's known as the okay. Alagash abductions. And it was two brothers. You're gonna love this. Twins named Jack and Jim. Last name Weiner. Literally Weiner. Pronounced Weiner. The Weiner <laughs> brothers. Couple of Weiners. They're adults and they're having frequent vivid nightmares and they're recalling being abducted. Um, they can remember like creatures, just feelings of helplessness, feelings of being violated. They're independently having these nightmares and then Jack discovers like Jim is having the nightmares as well. In August of 1986, they went on a camping trip with some of their friends from art school, Charlie Foltz and Chuck Rack. Um, so this was in Maine. Um, Allagash is in Maine. So they spent two weeks along the Allagash Wilderness Waterway. And basically they went out in a canoe. They saw a bright light, tried to get back to shore, uh, were like struggling to fight against whatever it was. They were like sort of had this missing time then and they were like regained consciousness mm. standing on the shore. Yeah. And they'd set this Ugh. huge bonfire just before they went out in the boat. Should have burnt for about like five hours or something. They were only on the water for about 20 minutes. And when they got back, the bonfire had died. Yeah. And they said that they were all like really tired and they just wanted to go to bed. They didn't want to talk about it. So it sounds like they were drugged to me. <laughs> yeah. So these guys all went, all underwent hypnosis in 1988. And basically because, you know, they all met at art school. So how else to, to show what happened? Uh, they mm -hmm. painted pictures uh, showing like the abduction and the experiments. Like, so they were claiming that they were like, you know, it was that classic sci-fi bullshit where it's like, we were laying on tables and they took fluids and tissues and samples of everything. And, mm. um, in Unsolved Mysteries, there was a guy, uh, Dr. William Cohn, Con, C-O-H-N, uh, who was a clinical psychologist and was basically just saying like, you know, all of this is like the media's sorry, the images that they're describing and that they're painting, it's really just like the media influence that, you know, like our perception is yes. sort of altered by society. So it's like if you grow up watching these like 50 sci-fi movies and it's all, you know, alien abductions and experiments and, yeah, that's what your, your knowledge of that is going to be. And so, of course, they're going to have similar explanations because if right now, like even without this past week of watching this stuff, if I was like, okay, you're having to convince someone that you've been abducted by aliens, what happens? You know, it's probably going to be the same story. Like, it's going to be really similar. Like, oh, yeah. they are gray, small men or tall. It's either small or tall. I found often people were saying three or four feet and there were only a couple that said they were really tall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like gray skin, big eyes, big heads, uh, slits for mouths, holes for ears. You know, like it's all the same sort of shit where it's <laughs> like then they did experiments, they took samples, like, yeah, okay, yawn. Like <laughs> And and so much of that draws from this Betty and Barney Hill yeah. uh retelling. So that's like the OG hugely reported, like, oh, they went went th went through yeah. my belly button kind of thing. And even then it's like there um, are scars when that happens. Like I have had that kind of surgery. So some of the other ones, these are just sightings, like a couple of these. So there was one in Phoenix, Arizona in 97 and a man named Michael Crisden filmed uh, light formations in the sky. There was uh, Hudson Valley, New York, um, same sort of thing. There was a V-shaped formation in the sky. And so for all of these things, like there's always a government explanation for what went down and often it's like most of these sort of ufo sightings and stuff happen near military bases um, 
and that's not a fucking coincidence. Yeah. And so it always falls on the military to have to explain it to the general public because hey, it's on your fucking property. Right. Like this happened right near your base and you're the ones flying or at least knowing what's happening in this airspace. But then it's like I can see how it puts the military in a possible bind because if they're testing out technology that they don't necessarily want foreign powers to like mm. um know about what kind of explanation do you give like i just have a distrust for them anyway but i also can understand like military practices yeah. and drills and and training it's like yeah well what are they gonna do tell the public exactly yeah. what their movements are like i just think they have really bad explanations so like for roswell they said it was a downed weather balloon bent waters that uk one they said the meteor shower um, Hudson Valley, where it was like the V yeah, formation, right. they said it was an elaborate hoax. In Phoenix, Arizona, they said it was night training exercises from the National Air Guard and that they were dropping flares. And that actual incident was witnessed by a pilot who said he was looking at it as it happened and he couldn't, un- as in like he was on the ground, like off duty, but he said he couldn't understand what he was seeing and he's not used to looking at the sky and not understanding what he's seeing, you know, because he has a pretty solid understanding of how right. aircraft work. Um, And he said if it was the case, like their landing lights would have been pointed down, which was not what you do. Um, Apparently, I don't know about flying. So the way that they were able to be seen, like because people saw them in one location and then saw them like 100 miles away or something, like it was really big stretches. They said it was too far apart um, to be flares, which is what the government Mm. had said. And also the government accounted for them dropping flares at 10 p.m., but most of the activity took place at 8 p.m. And they said also Mm. like dropping flares over a population centre isn't really kosher. So um, the last one that I'm going to talk about as far as these abduction-y type things go um, was one that was on 20th of May, 1967, and it happened approximately 100 miles east of Winnipeg. So it was Stephen Michalak, and basically he was like, you know, really into rocks and really into just like hiking and stuff. It actually made me laugh when I was watching it because I was thinking of like you just being really into fungi. fungi. You just like, um, so if you replace the yeah. rocks with mushrooms, it would be a bit more empathy for, for old mate. <laughs> Fucking loser. He's out by himself and he witnesses a, a craft. Uh, the doors open. And there's a bright light and he tries talking to it in English and gets no response. He tries Russian, he tries Polish and he tries German. Mm, The polyglot too. Um, And gets no response. So he decides to like walk towards it. The ship started to lift up and emanating this like crazy heat and it set his shirt on fire. He Mm. uh, like threw his shirt off, but he was really severely burned like across his chest and stomach. And he was really oh, nauseated, like he thought that he had radiation poisoning or something. Apparently, he his body smelled of sulfur for weeks after the incident. Ew! Um, he was tested fuck? for radiation poisoning, but the results were negative. Um, no one could explain the torso burns, um, except that it was a chemical burn because it was in a hmm. weird pattern. So, like the top of it on his chest was sort of just like a blotch, but underneath it was literally in dots that were rows, like rows of circles and they when he drew the ship there was like a grate at the front that was shaped that way do you have is there a photo i'm sure you could look it up anywhere? like they they didn't have they do have photos of him in the hospital so because they were showing it on the episodes so i'm sure it would right. be like googleable every three months the burns would resurface and his burning and vomiting symptoms would Ew, come back stop. and he would refer to them as his buttons because they look like buttons oh that's kind of endearing 
but they went to investigate. Um, but basically they found a vein of radium that ran under the entire region and even considered shutting it off and quarantining the area. Um, and they dug out like oh, radioactive shit. silver okay. from the earth. Yeah, it's all the a bit fuck? weird. I can't wait to read more about this. But yeah, that one, there was more validity because there were like physical injuries and things. So one of the other things that they mentioned as well was Werner von Braun. So you probably know he designed the V2 rocket for Hitler. Um, He was brought to the States through Operation Paperclip, which for anyone who doesn't know, yeah, was when the US took 1,600 roughly uh, other war criminals, Nazis, anyone they could basically to win the space race, fight the Cold War, et cetera, et cetera. So he was the chief architect of Saturn V. So that was like the rocket for NASA's Apollo moon missions. Um, And on his deathbed, apparently, so this is where it gets like, (laughs) oh, apparently on his deathbed, he warned of a plot where back engineered alien reproduction vehicles would be used to stage an invasion from outer space. And he said first the enemy would be Russians, then terrorists, then third world crazy leaders. And the last card is the alien card. Yeah. So like, hello, Space Force. Donald Trump is literally making a Space Force. Oh, stop it. Um, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to resist the tinfoil from touching my head, Kara. Basically. So it's psychological warfare. It's like indoctrinate the population with threats. So things like cattle mutilation, abductions, crop circles, you sort of imprint in people that aliens are bad, aliens exist. Um, Also, while simultaneously discrediting people, like there's all this culture of like, you know, what makes it to the media, people with no sort of credibility. um, They're the ones that see aliens. They're the ones that have encounters with aliens. Therefore, it's rubbish and people dismiss it easily, but it still is enough that just on a logical level, you have some little niggling feeling of like, oh, but is it? My thing with that is politicians are so fucking incapable of forward thinking. (laughs) But we're not talking politicians. Like the politicians don't know. So this isn't politicians. This is like intelligence agencies. I guess. But they're also like increasingly, they're less independent now. Um. I don't know. I just... I don't think that it's necessarily that it was planned out that deeply. I think, if anything, that would be Brown's sort of insight into how people operate because, really, it's like you just start with the immediate easy enemy and then it's something a bit more extreme and then it's like, you know, it just gets more and more extreme and when you've burnt out all those bridges... I mean, that's fascism. (laughs) Exactly. And you've, like, burnt all those bridges and, like, all that's left is fucking aliens. You're not going to suddenly go, oh, wait... (laughs) We tried, I guess, to be like, it's actually the Russians again. Um, like, you can't just loop back in a circle because people just don't fucking care as much. Yeah. You know, like, there's not going to be as much funding. Right. And it's sort of like, right. oh, but they're cool now. You know, <laughs> like, you don't, you don't need to war with them again. So, yeah, like, I can understand, in a way, the logic of that. I mean, with all of it, I'm still like, do aliens exist? Probably. Like, statistically, yes. Have they visited Earth? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, are they abducting people? No. I think it's the government. I take it you haven't shifted hills, but has anything in your mind shifted at all? It has in a way. Like, I think I would be more sort of like, well, I'll, if someone was to bring me solid fucking evidence, of course I would, you know, be swayed. Um, but I was yet to see anything that was like super convincing. Like, I think the Stephen Mikulak sort of case was pretty out there, but I still think it was probably more of a government testing kind of thing. I am willing to believe that aliens exist. I'm willing to believe that even Roswell could have been real. Um, but I don't think mm-hmm. that people are getting abducted by aliens. I think if if they're getting abducted at all, and it's not just a giant cry for attention or whatever weird shit, or even like 
traumatic repression of what had happened um, and replacing it with mm -hmm. something that seems more palatable, I guess. Or like, again, it's like that avoidance of like, no, people couldn't possibly do exactly. this. It would have to be a totally alien like being. What's your view? I mean, you started off saying just absolutely not, right? Like, no. Yeah, um, I think I'm with you. Like, no, still not abducted. But if anything, I think that I have even more distrust for government powers. Yes, as if that could be possible, right? <laughs> well, thank you for listening to our episode on Has Anyone Been Abducted by Aliens? Uh, next week, we're asking the question, do blondes really have more fun? And as a bit of a spoiler, I believe one of us is actually fully bleaching their hair. You can find us online on Twitter at A Hill to Die On Pod. You can like us on Facebook at A Hill to Die On. You can like us on Instagram, A Hill to Die On Pod. You can send us an email at hilltodieonpod at gmail.com. You can also support the show by donating as little as $2 per month by going to patreon.com slash hill to die on pod. All right. See ya. That's all. Bye. <laughs>